This is the CR Checkup Podcast. My name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs, alcohol, and pride. And you're listening to a Testimony Talk. On our Testimony Talks, we get a chance to hear from someone who has taken the steps and applied them to their own life. This gives us the opportunity to see how the program works and to gain hope that we might have similar experiences. Welcome back to the podcast. Super excited to have each and every one of you here with us today. I hope that I got a chance to see you on Monday. And if not, I hope that you can uh, just join in on the conversation and enjoy uh, what we talk about on here. Uh, for those of you guys who follow along with podcasts, you know, um, it's, it's Saturday and it's not Friday. I didn't get a podcast out yesterday. As I mentioned on last week's podcast, it's been increasingly difficult to get folks on the podcast to talk about things. And I'm sure you guys want to hear some other voices other than mine. I certainly do. I love getting to hear other people's perspectives. I love to be influenced by other people's walks with Christ. And uh, so I'm actually very excited about how this all kind of worked out because I get to have my best friend on the podcast with me today. I'm super excited to uh, just have him share with you and to just have uh, get to have a conversation with him. Uh, would you mind introducing yourself? Not at all. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Denton Ross. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ uh, who struggles with, uh, gosh, pride and um, moderation. Moderation. What up, Dan? <laughs> Dude, super good to have you on the podcast, man. Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm glad you asked me. Glad we figured it out. Yeah, man. So, um, <laughs> So obviously nobody else knows this, but had a conversation. You uh, kind of just jumped on it and were willing and uh, super grateful for that. But so, okay, so here's the deal. Um, Denton and I have been knowing each other for quite a while and we talk about pretty much everything under the sun. And that's one of the things I love about him. And it's, uh, uh, you know, I would just encourage all of you guys out there to have people in your life that you can run things by to be able to talk about the crazy stuff, be able to talk about the fun stuff and everything between. Denton's definitely one of those guys for me, keeps me grounded uh, and uh, definitely lets me know when I'm talking crazy. So, <laughs> again, uh, we, we got to have those people in our lives. But so uh, Denton and I, uh, we're on staff at the same church together, and um, Denton has experienced some celebrating recovery and kind of from the outside looking in a little bit. Um, and, you know, here's the thing about all of us in the church and just in, in life, you know, that we're all, everybody's walking around with their own story. They've got their own things going on. Everybody's going through something, you know. And um, so I just wanted to see if Denton would share a little bit of his story for you guys, kind of what brought him into the church, and then just kind of talk a little bit about how he's kind of experienced Celebrate Recovery from the position he's in and, and kind of how it's it affected his life. And so, Denton, would you just share with us a little bit uh, kind of what brought you into the church and how you kind of started off your faith and got into ministry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as... Uh... Uh, as John said, I think testimonies are uh, some of my favorite things to listen to because um, uh, we could talk about uh, scripture and we can argue fine points of theology and do those things, but you can't argue with what somebody experienced. 
Mm. Um, they say, this is my story. Like there's no, you can't tell me that it's not because this is what I experienced when I came to Christ. And, and that's just what uh, I think uh, all testimony, testimonies, no matter uh, what they are, are powerful, are, are, mm. are awesome stories to share. Um, and so, yeah, my story um, started at a young age. I, I was uh, somebody who um, grew up in the church, so to speak. Um, my I grew up in the Methodist church, a little bit different background than uh, what I'm currently attending. But um, I'm not sure if I came to know Christ in church. And I say I'm not sure. Uh, a lot of people have this crazy experience, or uh, some people, I should say, have an experience where, you know, they, they have this light shine through or, or <laughs> they have this car crash and they're in the bar ditch and Jesus talks to them. And mine's probably not quite that crazy. I had to pray. Once I, I kind of figured out the theology behind salvation, that's kind of a big word to use on here, but uh, like the, the theology behind how we come to know Christ, I had to really pray about that and kind of mm. figure out how I came to know Christ. Cause I felt like at the point when I learned that I, I did know Christ, but like, I didn't know exactly where the point was. And I actually did a lot of praying on that. Um, and it's funny because I had a, uh, one of my best friends in third grade. His name was Paul Arambula. Paul, if you're out there, I, I doubt it. I think he lives in Florida now. But anyway, uh, his family had a church that met in their home. And uh, I would spend the night over there. He would come over to my house or whatever. And I remember one time talking um, uh, we, we went to his church, which is, it, was really, it was small. It was in his home, right? And like right. his brother and sister were like the Sunday school teacher or whatever. But I remember his mom specifically uh, talking and I think she was talking to another lady. Now that I think about it, cause I'm eight, nine years old. I'm, I'm young. I don't really remember that much, but I, I remember her talking to this lady and I remember her saying, uh, I want to make it crystal clear to you on like how you get to heaven. And mm. of course, as an eighth grader, or, I mean, an eighth grader, eight year old, um, man, that's something you want to be interested in, right? Uh, or something right. I was interested in as eight, at eight years old. And so I, I honestly believe as she was explaining the gospel to this lady, I honestly believe that that was my moment um, as far as I can tell. Oh, wow, dude. <laughs> uh, because, so cool. yeah, after that, I, well, I, I don't know if after that, but like I always had at that age, I always had a, a, a pretty big love for the Bible. My mom would find uh, I slept on the couch. This was weird as a kid. I just did because I shared a room with my brother. But my mom would always find my Bible laying by my by the couch in the living room every morning. Um, so I, I pretty much you know read the Bible every night uh, before I went to bed. Again, this was when I was eight, nine years old. And I, I wish I could say I faithfully walked with the Lord from that point on till this <laughs> point that I'm at. <laughs> but yeah. that's certainly not true. Um, it's something weird when I read the Bible, even at that young age, I felt like, well, I know that this is going to lead me into being a pastor, whatever that meant, being mm. a, a preacher. I, I, I don't know. I just knew that I was supposed to be in ministry, uh, mm. even from a young age. Um, but I had my um, moments uh, or moment or uh, a lapse in, in faith or whatever it may be where um, I just... I guess just grew out of it, so to speak, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. like, and came into the teenage years when, uh, and my brain full, you know, definitely wasn't fully formed and you know, made some <laughs> terrible decisions, uh, did some terrible things. And, um, but along the way, God was with me, uh, you know, mm -hmm. and I was, I was felt that he was there, um, and calling me back, but I wasn't listening. Um, I was, you know, really just, um, having fun in the moment, so to speak. Um, and, it probably wasn't until uh, I got married and then especially until 
I had kids that I realized I don't, you know, I want to raise these kids in a church because that's how I was raised. Um, And I felt like that's when really God was um, calling me back, so to speak. And so um, after my kids were born, pretty much the last one, Haddles, who's 17, 18 now, uh, we we committed ourselves to the local church. um, And initially it was, uh, that was in Gilbert. And then we moved to the West side and uh, had the a longer story than we could probably tell on here to get to where I'm at today as far as at the church, but ended up at Palm Valley Church and then um, just faithfully served there and, and ended up um, being asked to be on staff and, and to be a pastor. And like I said, I get it now that most people aren't called to that. I didn't get it before. I thought, well, if, if you read the Bible, that's what you get out of it, because that's what I got out of it. That was right. my story to hear in it. But I don't think that's everybody's story, certainly. But anyway, that's that's kind of that's my short story. Is that, is that good enough? <laughs> it's great, man. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so cool. I love like that. You got like that secondhand salvation. <laughs> you just like, <laughs> yes. got that, oh, like overheard it, you know, that's, I, I love yeah. that, but it just, it just goes to show, you know, when, when he calls or, you know, the spirit moves, it's, it's on, man, you know, you can't deny it. And yeah, you know, I think that it's so interesting. I think, uh, I mean, for me and for a lot of folks that I talk with, it's like, looking back, you know, I can't say when it happened, you know what I mean? I, I, some of the earliest stories my mom tells about me, um, it was, you know, (laughs) sharing the gospel message to, to adults in the grocery store, you know, like, Oh, where's John, you know, Oh, he's in the next aisle sharing the, sharing the gospel. And it's like, Oh gee, yeah. You know, just let him know. And, uh, but I don't ever have a, a, a memory of when I was like, oh, you know, like I want this. And so once I kind of grew older and came back and started to realize kind of my faults and, and I tested my faith, I really did. You know, I went out and I put it to the test. And ultimately what ended up happening was, you know, I lit that fire <laughs> in my life. It just was in hell basically. And everything ended up burning up. And that was the only thing that was left <laughs> was the faith mm. that I had from when I was a kid. And I, I tried to lean on that faith and it wasn't, it wasn't enough, you know, that faith, that skewed faith from when I was a child. Cause I didn't, you know, I had childlike faith, but I didn't have an understanding. It wasn't what, it wasn't enough for me as an adult. And uh, I had to, you know, I, and then I share this in my testimony is like, I had that moment as a conscious adult where I had to say, I'm, I'm going to choose to make, make, like turn my life over. You know what I mean? I, like at that point I was, a, I was basically a, a, a completely different person. I, you know, the John that I was when I was a kid, he didn't exist. He was gone, man. Like that kid died, man. And uh, I was a, a completely different person. And it was, so it was just like, I had to, as this person make that decision to be a follower of Christ. Now that's not necessarily theologically sound. I'm just saying that was <laughs> kind of my experience. Again, kind of my experience. we can't argue that. It doesn't matter. It's your story. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's just, I think that's such a, a huge point for a lot of us who come into recovery, who maybe had a relationship with Christ and then faltered and, okay, what does this look like now? And there's so many questions that come up and really what it comes down to. And I think you kind of summed it up is like, you know, can I, knowing now, can I say that I believe those things? And that's all that really matters now. Do I believe it now? 
And if yeah, so, then yeah, it doesn't matter. Like you said, it doesn't matter when you came to believe that right now, do you believe it? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Good to go. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. So good, good. man. So, okay. So you're, you started uh, on staff and um, you were, you were kind of doing some stuff uh, at our Buckeye campus and then you ended up kind of doing some pastoral ship there, kind of leading that campus. And then I kind of came onto the scene and, and we're doing some things together. And then we kind of launched Celebrate Recovery and you spent some time with us and kind of, I want to know like what, what kind of coming from your position at that point, you kind of, you know, you're in the church already and um, you Celebrate Recovery comes along and you see, you know, me, you know, I'm loud. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a kid, you know, <laughs> young guy who's just like kind of crazy talking about recovery. What was kind of, and you could be totally honest, what was your first kind of uh, thoughts about what recovery was and, and then kind of how did that change and, and, and where are you at like with it now? Yeah. I mean, um, probably like most people, well, I shouldn't say that my first thoughts about recovery uh, were, it's not, obviously it's not for me. You know, I don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't have a drug problem. I don't, you know, I don't smoke. I don't chew. I don't run with girls that do. Um, (laughs) So, uh, but it's great. Like I I support it. Like, oh, that's cool. I'm glad that it's there because, you know, some people need it. (laughs) Uh, So if I'm being a hundred percent honest, that's, that's, that was my first probably, uh, you know, experience or, or, uh, first thought when I heard about recovery and, uh, you know, met you and you were in recovery. I'm like, man, that's so good. That's, it's, that's cool. Like I, I'm fully supportive. Um, but, uh, then coming to know more about it, uh, it's totally, totally changed my perspective on, um, on what it is. Cause I mean, okay. First time you hear it, it's like, Oh no, it's for hurts, habits and hangups. And everybody has those. You're like, yeah, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's not, but then like, <laughs> Once I like, I, I know a little bit about, it. obviously you guys probably heard my introduction. I, I've, I've been to a few meetings, you know, and, and uh, John's actually allowed me to teach a couple of times. I'm so grateful for that opportunity. And uh, man, one thing that, uh, that I love about Celebrate Recovery, you didn't ask me that, but I'm going to tell you. Please. Uh, <laughs> uh, one thing that I love about Celebrate Recovery is the authenticity in the mm. room at a meeting. And um, I think that authenticity, it just breeds more authenticity. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can just see uh, how real people are and how real they are with themselves and with others around them. Um, and just many, man, I got a problem. And, and then coming to understand fully the, the, everybody does have a problem. We, we mm-hmm. all have a problem. We all have a hurt. We all have a hang up. Uh, and it's whether we're willing to admit it or not. Right. Mm-hmm. And at some point, if we've, come to faith we've admitted we have a problem should right uh, it, it, yeah i mean if if you've come to faith in christ you've you've admitted you've had a problem because you've admitted that you can't figure this out on your own and you need god to do it mm-hmm. and uh and then you know, I've multiple conversations obviously with you we talk about this stuff all the time talk about discipleship all the time and uh man it i just love how you put it this is just the discipleship i say just this is a discipleship tool. This is a way to grow, to be more like Christ. Um, and it a hundred percent is, and you can, you know, work the 12 steps with any issue. Uh, and man, 
you know, it just, it, it has the potential if somebody will allow it to change them to be more like Christ. And that's going to help them with, you know, you, I can just run off the list of, yeah, certainly with the, the stuff that you think of right off the bat with addiction or that sort of thing, but uh, you know, marital problems or mm -hmm. uh, uh, grief, grief share, going through the loss of a loved one or uh, going through the loss of a job or uh, anxiety, or, I mean, you name it. If uh, you work the steps and allow it to work you, then it's going to change you. It's going to mm -hmm. change you to be more like Christ. And that's why uh, I am, man, I'm just a huge, huge fan of CR and all it's done for, and the stories coming out of it are just amazing. Right. Would you be able to answer, like, what do you think it was that like made it click? You know, like what, what was it that kind of where you, you had some experiences and then finally it was like, Oh my gosh, I can see. I mean, other than the obvious, like, well, this is just, this is just what Jesus is asking us to do. Like this, like so simply it's, we're not changing anything like celebrate recovery. Isn't a new concept that's created outside of scripture or outside of what Christ desires for us. I mean, it's literally just what he asks us, to do, but put into 12 easy steps, not easy, but simple steps. Right. But like, yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, I know it, I thought literally me too. I come into this, the meeting, I'm like, dude, I just need to quit drinking. You know, I just, I just need to quit using the drugs. And if I can do that, then I'll be fine. But then I find out, well, it's not a problem with drugs and alcohol. I've got a different issue. It's a spiritual <laughs> issue. I've got a big problem. My yeah. soul is uneasy. I can't, you know, I have unrest in my soul. And I'm not, I don't know. Like, that's why I'm wondering if you can answer. I don't know if I could answer what it was that finally made it click. Like, holy cow, I can really take this and apply it to every area of my life. Yeah, I I don't know much like my salvation story. I don't know if I can pinpoint that to an exact moment, but I think just what you said, I think um, knowing, going into it, knowing, Hey, this is my problem. It's problem X. And then, mm -hmm. you know, working on problem X and realizing, Oh crap, I, I quit doing X, but that's not, that's not my problem. My problem right. is I was covering Y with X. So now let's get down to Y. And I that's think good, um, if, if, when you get down to that second layer and then the third layer, then the fourth layer. <laughs> mm. And uh, I, I don't want to, I mean, it doesn't sound, uh, we're always going to be in this process of, of growing like Christ. Yeah. And so, and you can replace growing like Christ with, with recovery. Right. We're going to be celebrate growing like Christ. Right. That's good. Or we're going to be in recovery for our whole lives. Uh, yeah. And that's just the way it is because we're never going to reach perfection. Yeah. We're always going to have a flaw. You know, Paul had the thorn in his side, whether you take that as literal or uh, a pride issue he had or however you take that. Um, but we're always going to be, or should be working through whatever God wants us to be working through in us. Right. And I don't know when, like I said, when I came to, I've just probably conversations with you just, uh, you know, um, I don't know when I came to that point, but I remember thinking, yeah, this is, a, uh, this, this could help you quit drinking, but it may get to the reason why you're drinking. And yeah. Hugely beneficial. <laughs> I think like almost like while you're talking too is, is it's experience because I think that's like, and even just looking at our relationship where maybe I could look back and see kind of my outside looking at you 
when it kind of changed. And I'd say like, it really is just like me, probably it's just experiencing it. We'll give it a shot. I don't know. Put it to the yeah. test. Does it work? I don't know. Try it out. And then yeah. I've experienced it. Yeah. <laughs> I know that it works because yeah, it worked for me and it's working yeah. for the other people. Right. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. A hundred percent. I have experienced it and I, I, I don't attend the meetings weekly. Uh, I haven't, I haven't done 12 steps, but I've experienced it. I've tasted a little bit of it and I, and I've seen it work in, you know, a lot of people's lives, yours included, and where it's just, it's, it's just really cool to watch people grow to be like Christ. I mean, that's kind of my jam, right? Discipleship. Yeah. Is like that, I, that's what I, I love helping people to do. And, and that's, man, if you work the 12 steps, you're going to come out more like Christ, period. Period. Yeah. I love that so much, dude. And I was actually saying the other day in group was like, <laughs> I would even be as bold to say is like, if you don't, it's not because it didn't work. It's because you didn't do it right. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like that, that's the thing with discipleship or even like growing in Christ or taking like the spiritual disciplines. Like if it, if it's not happening, it's not because those things don't work. We got to have faith like that. And that's what it comes down to. I mean, I got to just have faith that this stuff works. And if it's not working yet, I just need to keep going. I'm, I'm, I need to be more yeah. honest. Like you said, I need to be more authentic, you know, and yeah. which is tough, man. It's really tough, but. Oh man. Um, <laughs> Simple. Uh, but tough. That's right. So you kind of mentioned uh, authenticity. What do you think? I mean, you kind of shared a little bit with, with recovery, but like, what is the importance of like just being authentic as a Christ follower? Why, why, why is it important that I'm in authentic? You know, uh, it's funny. Cause like, if you ask people what they would want to have in a friend, like, um, I think maybe they wouldn't use the word authenticity, but they certainly would use the word real or, real. uh, keeping it real or truthful. Like we yeah, don't want to hang around liars. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, we don't really look at it that way, but if you walk into a situation with people, you know, and put on a mask, you're lying. Right. Right. You're, right. you're just not being, mm. um, you're not being real. You're not being who you are in that moment. Like if you're going through a struggle, you just put on a happy face. You, you're lying. You're mm. not being real. And um, you're never going to, you're never going to uh, get out of that, so to speak, uh, or, or you, you might could on your own, but like, man, authentic relationships, um, and that's, that's the beauty of CR, I think is because it's just the perfect breeding ground for authentic relationships. Cause everybody in this room is being so authentic and then you break out in group and then it's like, wow, we're even taking it to another level here. And now I have an authentic friend. I can mm -hmm. call John and tell him, Hey dude, uh, look, I clicked on a computer screen. I shouldn't have clicked on. And I, I'm just going to say, I, I lingered on it too long, bud. And mm -hmm. I, but I could tell John that and it wouldn't, it wouldn't change like it would be like he'd be like oh dang okay what what do we need to do let's get a different browser for you or let's put some guardrails in place and, and let's talk about that you know and to have that in your life is so impactful and we talk about it a lot from stage and and but i still see people come into church and uh um and now i'm talking big c church and not necessarily <laughs> recovery but it probably happens in recovery too because 
we're all a bunch of messed up people right. in all the places and, uh, where people come to church and just, you know, come and go and they don't have a, a, a connected person in that body. And uh, man, when, when, when the storms come, not if, right. When the storms come, that's going to really um, affect them in a huge, huge way. Uh, and they won't be able to uh, walk through that struggle with joy as we're supposed to. Yeah. Dude, that's so good, man. And uh, I'm actually thinking, because right now we're talking about step eight in, um, in the program and that's having ha- or, uh, making amend- we made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. And I think that like, that's a huge part of this authenticity is making amends, asking for forgiveness and offering forgiveness to other people is huge in this, in being able to have authenticity. Because I think certainly there's one aspect of it, right, where it's like, I need to be honest about what I'm experiencing and what I'm going through. But then I also need to be honest about like, hey, that hurt my feelings or like, hey, I recognize that what I said or what I did was not appropriate. Right. And so like, I just wonder what kind of what's what's your thoughts when we kind of bring up amends, offering forgiveness, asking for for forgiveness and kind of maybe like what's your own personal why is that important in general? And maybe why is that important to you personally? Yeah. Uh, you know, we talk about um, pretty often having short accounts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly short accounts with God um, when you screw up and have a conversation with him uh, first and foremost. But um, wait, like, I guess in the scenario, I was saying, hey, John, I clicked on this thing. And like, John, your reaction probably be, well, have you talked to Tammy yet? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you don't know Tammy's my wife. And that's you know, in that situation, that's what I would need to do, right, to make those amends. Um, and so when I, and this probably comes up more in my spousal relationship uh, mm. than in any other relationship, because right. that's the relationship I'd probably need to make amends in most. <laughs> <laughs> um, Same. And so, uh, you know, it, we, we go through uh, a little spat. I need to be authentic and honest with her and uh and admit my fault in the in the in the situation whatever that may be and um admit my fault and then have the conversation um uh with her and so um and that plays out you know probably on the weekly if not bi-weekly uh in our 25 years getting ready to be 25 years of marriage (laughs) um but uh but it's something that we've we've gotten better at over the years, but we still need a lot of work in. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, man. I think it's, it's so interesting how, you know, we were even having this conversation earlier today where it's like, um, and you know, I'm not going to put her, put her out there directly on blast, but you know, your daughter saying, Oh, like, uh, yeah, like I'm over it. I'm cool with it. And then it's like, um, maybe, maybe I'm not actually entirely. And I think that that's like what I'm walking around with, like all the time, you know what I mean? And whether even I'm aware of it or I'm not right. It's only until like I sit down, which, and I think that this is what happened. You sit down with people that you care about and that you love and that you trust and that you believe are safe. And you start saying those, those lies that I've bought into, right? Like, Oh, I'm over it. It's, it doesn't bother me. I, I'm, you know, I'm cool. And then you sit down with those people, those real authentic people that you have in your life, or I have my life. 
He's like, oh, I'm cool. And then you're like, oh, no, you know, I'm not cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I begin to realize that that's one of the biggest things that kind of plagues my authenticity. My ability to be honest with myself and with other people is like these little, you kind of, you use this, this kind of short accounts, like these things that I allow to stack up. They're little tiny spats that kind of come up. And instead of just squashing them and, and, uh, you know, I think we, I think we have like a really big issue, like in our society that says like forgiveness or, you know, asking for, for forgiveness is like internal only, right? Like, it's like, oh, that person hurt me, but I'm over it. Well, how are you over it? Well, like I did, I chose to not let it affect me anymore. It's like, well, that's a great start. Right. But like you, this takes action. You know, it's not just something I thought of, like, it's not, that's great. Like you, you should probably be okay with it in your heart, but until you take action, it's just a thought, you know, and, and more than likely it's denial, you know, like I'm, I'm just choosing to tell myself that, you know, you know, what I said to my wife was justifiable, you know, like, uh, well, hmm. I, I'm not, it's not a big deal because, you know, she did this. So I'm not worried about it. It's like, okay, well, that's, that's a, that's a big lie. <laughs> like that doesn't even, <laughs> you know, that's not true at all, you know? And yeah. uh, so understanding that, that it's a, it's a process. It's not like a thought, right. It's something I have to, I have to go and say either, Hey, you hurt my feelings and I'm owning my part in that or, Hey dude, like, I don't even know if I hurt your feelings, but I know that earlier or later on when I thought about this thing that happened between us, I didn't feel like that was right. So, Hey, you know, would you forgive me for that? And uh, that's honestly, I think one of those biggest parts of allowing or becoming authentic to be able to be real and uh, be honest, because but that's hard, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it is you're right. Like, I, I like your the way you said, like, it starts with those little things, right? Especially mm -hmm. in like a, a close relationship, because uh, that's your authentic relationship from your close ones, right? If you're authentic with somebody, then, uh, you know, then they know the little cues that can, that know you're having a bad day or whatever it may be. But like the little tiny thing that, like you said to, if I, I said something to Tammy, something a little off color or whatever off the wall and like, eh, it wasn't that big a deal. Like, and like you said, I could justify that because she did mm. X, Y, or Z. Right. You know, like, but then later on that hits you, then go on the conversation, right? I need to go have the conversation with her instead of, having something like that happen the next day and then something bigger the next day and then a weekend do it. And we're exactly talking. dude. Exactly. And it's over because I didn't take the trash out or, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's over something yeah. stupid. Right. It always or is. Over, right? Yeah. Something silly, sarcastic Maybe. comment that I made. Yeah. And it's, it's also my fault. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you, dude. But yeah, man. So, well, that's good stuff, dude. It, it, so I think that the kind of the, to wrap it all up in, in these thoughts is just like, none of this is to say, I mean, you, you said it flat out. It's like, we don't have this figured out. Like, you know, I, I understand the concept. I understand like what I should do, but still I, I struggle with it every day. Mm. But like, maybe mm. if we could just maybe help ourselves and help anybody who's listening understand that it's beneficial like and mm -hmm. i think one of the other things that i struggle with is like 
I can literally try to tell myself like, you know, that maybe that's not even the right thing to do, you know? So, so some things are maybe left better or better left unsaid. It's like, dude, you know, I'm just, I, I can really fall into it sometimes. So be authentic, yeah. take every opportunity to be authentic. And the best, one of the best practices for authenticity is asking and offering forgiveness. And then the mm. last thing that I would uh, just love um hope the best case scenario somebody's listening to this and they're like man there's a pastor at my church who you know he's in discipleship but he's skeptical over celebrate recovery um you know and i'm going to show him this <laughs> podcast because you know this is kind of your experience and so uh, i would love if you would share first of all with the people uh who are in cr those who are in cr and maybe they're feeling a little cold feet what would you share with them and then i would love if you would share with uh that pastor out there who's maybe in discipleship or he's the lead pastor and he's skeptical of cr what would you tell those uh separate individuals well um i think some of the stuff that's already been said to some degree um somebody that's in cr and and, and they're still skeptical about you know how effective that it could be um uh, like John said, it's, it's, it's going to work. If mm. it's not working for you, it's because you're not working it right. Mm. If you're not putting in your work and you're not being authentic, then it's not going to work. Um, or if you don't want it to work, it's not going to work. That's the other yeah, way. Right. True. Um, but it's funny cause I'm doing this goofy weightlifting program right now. And it's like this regiment, like mathematical equation. And basically the guy said, if, if, if you're not getting stronger doing this, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and it's the same, it's the same sense. If you're, if you're in celebrate recovery and you're not growing more like Christ, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And there need, there's, there's some thing in there that you need to talk to, uh, to your group about and find out, um, to anybody that is not familiar with celebrate recovery. Uh, I, I would, I mean, who, who doesn't like, this is based on the beatitudes, based on the greatest message ever given, right? Mm. So who doesn't want to sit down and study the greatest message ever given in depth and apply it in our lives? Like mm. that, I mean, that's, you break it down to its lowest denominator. I think that's what it is, right? This is totally. Jesus's greatest message he ever preached, um, probably preached it multiple times and written in different perspectives from different people, but this is his message. And this is how he wants us to live our life. And if we study this and apply it to our lives, who wouldn't want, who, what pastor on staff wouldn't want their flock, their congregation mm. to do that? That's good, man. I love it. You heard it from Denton. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, put it to the test. See, you know, I think that that's such a great, at, at, the, at the bare minimum, right? Study yeah. what Jesus said. Good stuff. Right on, brother. Thanks to you so much. I love you, man. And uh, hopefully we can have you on the podcast again soon. And uh, out of the meeting, maybe we can have you uh, lead a conversation again for us sometime soon. So thanks, buddy. Sounds good, brother. Love you, man. Love you guys. Too. Thank you for listening to A Testimony Talk. I hope that you take what we talk about here and have conversations with others. 
The things that we talk about on here are meant to start conversations, not end them. So I pray that you would talk with someone about what you heard here today and that you would look for ways to be a light in your own community. If you are struggling to find community and people to talk with, then please send an email to recovery at palmvalley.org and I will personally get you connected with a volunteer from Celebrate Recovery. Nothing changes the fact that we need each other, even if that means that we have to find new and creative ways to do so. You can also send me encouraging messages, comments, or concerns to that same email, recovery at palmvalley.org. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please share it with someone else. I love you all, and I hope to see you soon.